Yo, yo, what up, everybody? My name is Joe Idoni. Welcome into the Preferred Lines podcast for the Travelers Championship. Um, if you just stumbled in, this is a golf gambling podcast streamed live on YouTube, going live on Twitter right now. We are going to be on iTunes and Spotify in podcast version here shortly. If you're just stopping by, welcome. If you've never stumbled upon the show before, I'm glad to have you. Please give us a like and subscribe if you enjoy the content that you are about to witness. So here's what we got on tap for tonight. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to do a quick course preview for TPC River Highlands. I'm going to bring a special extremely special guest onto the show tonight. Uh, one that will definitely turn back the clock. We're traveling back in time. Teased it a little bit earlier. We're going to go over our best bets of the week with the guests. If you have any comments, if you have any questions, feel free to jump on our YouTube page under the preferred lines handle. Uh, drop us a question. We would be happy to answer that for you. Okay. Uh, course preview. So this section is going to be brought to you by uh, a sponsor of the show, Fantasy Points. So they have a media group. My man Huntman was on live earlier today giving a, a super more in-depth preview of the event this week than I will be able to provide. Please check that out. Please check out all the good friends over there. Lines 22 is the promo code that will get you 10% off a monthly, yearly, weekly subscription to their uh, website, which gets you full access to all the tools they provide and their great group of content providers. Okay. Uh, brought to you by them. Course preview. TPC River Highlands, par 70. Once again, Cromwell, Connecticut. We are familiar with this track. We have seen it plenty of times. We know what to expect. Uh, just above 6,800 yards. So one of the shorter designs on tour. The infamous Pete Dye is the course designer. Went a, a little bit of a, a refresh a few years back, but Pete Dye is your guy. Uh, greens, they are a blend of Poa and Bentgrass, much similar to, I believe, what we saw at the Country Club um, last week. Cut line, historically around even part of the recent winners are Harris English, Dustin Johnson, Chaz Reeve, Bubba Watson, Jordan Spieth, an eclectic group of players with various skill sets. And that kind of brings me to the key stats that I'm looking for. There really isn't one key thing, I think, for this event. It is a total and complete test. Um, you have Bubba and DJ who were able to successfully utilize their distance and bomb it around this place um, to a good degree of success. You had Chez Reeve, who is one of the shorter more accurate players off the tee uh, still on tour to date. He won this event with strokes gained approach, gained almost seven that week, uh, came off a T3 at the U.S. Open the week prior. So that, I think, is an important note that we should pay attention to. Harris English won this event last year, kind of did it all around. So he put all the different facets of the game together, tee to green, off the tee, approach, around the green, putting, Really complete week for Harris English. He also coincidentally came off a T3 at the U.S. Open the week before winning last year in a playoff against Kramer Hickok. Jordan Spieth, how did he do it? How he usually does it. Strokes gain around the green. So my point being, there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat at TPC River Highlands. Um, you're just looking more or less for players that are playing good golf. Now, without further ado... Welcome into the show. Please give a round of applause for my good friend, the co-founder of Preferred Lines. Let's crack some beers. <laughs> mm. Cheers, Joe. Thanks for having me back. I love it. Uh, Fantasy Points, it's a good website. I've actually used them recently for some ownership projections and things like that. Uh, highly recommend them. Cool. 
What's been going on? How are you? We're back together again. This is fun. I missed you, Joe. Get the hey everybody. Get the band back <laughs> together. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet chat. out something. We're hanging out again. U.S. Open. What did you take away? Just give me your thoughts. Where uh, you know we saw four full days of it. I know you took in all the action just like me. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think? Okay, Fitzpat- Fitzpatrick. He was kind of circling the wagon a few different ways, a few different times over the last even year and a half. So that's not too surprising. And we know Fitzpatrick's game is to make pars. So it kind of is fitting that he wins at an open, the U S open. He probably could win the open championship in a month too. He's in hot form. I mean, he pretty much has owned the season is one of the best players, most consistent. So not shocked there again. Also our guy, Will Zalatoris was in the mix. Are you surprised by that? I'm not surprised by that. No, I'm not surprised by that. He's seemingly always in the mix. Um, all right, I'm going to give you a question here. Take the next six majors. So you're going to get two Masters in there. You're going to get two PGA Championships in there, another U.S. Open, the Open Championship this year. Does he win? Like when we all know he's going to win, when is it coming? When does this start to get furthermore like, weird for him that he's always second okay so i've thought about this for a second now and at first i was going to say there's no way i don't think he will the talent is too strong on the pga tour where we've got a lot of young dudes that can take it from him i mean they're everybody wants it so will zalatoris to take one of the next six it was a very at first i was hesitant to say yes and then i think ultimately this is what he's made for. Ball striker, doesn't want a putting contest, wants it long, wants it hard. Uh, Joe, did you see his face? Some of the faces he was making, it looked like he was ready to turn up the killer notch. So if we can get some of that going, maybe in a um, weaker field event, or he needs to get over that little putting woe or two that he has. So if he can get over that hump, I think there's for sure a possibility he grabs one of the next six. Yeah, they've really started to sort of latch on and realize the the hitch in his sort of three-foot putting stroke. But ironically, like, he makes a lot of them. Um, yeah. And he's so good ball striking-wise that he's never out of it. I feel like, for me, he's still at the point where he's gaining confidence each and every time. And it isn't to the point yet where it's this monkey on his back of when will I get over this hurdle. Um, it's still a very positive thing for him when he shows up to hard golf courses. He looked... The, the best I've seen him, to be quite honest, I thought yesterday when he took the two-stroke lead, then he had to come back on 16. Um, there's an aura around him where, you know, maybe being a 120-pound string bean, like I think he, he carries himself really well. And I think other players are starting to respect him and fear him on Sundays. It's just a matter of time feels like he's close. And when it happens, I don't necessarily think he's going to open up the floodgates a la what we've seen from Scotty Scheffler this season. Mm -hmm. But it feels like he can run off like three wins within a calendar year, and they're probably going to be bigger events. You talk about the getting to a point where it's too big of a burden or the monkey is now so large that everyone can see it. I don't fear that with Zalatoris as he's only been truly participating on tour for two years. Yeah. The dudes that I'm concerned about and other people in this field, potentially, where's Xander's major? Where's Cantley's major? These are the ones that were the Zalatoruses. 
maybe back in the day. And now we've seen enough of them and they're just getting there, but they're not getting to the table even. And Zalatoris is putting himself at the table consistently. Are you worried about Cantley and Xander and those names? Are they going to get to the point where the monkey's too big? So Xander, I, yeah, I am getting concerned about Xander. Another one, like, it's fair. Like, you have to bring up Rory in this. It's been eight Maybe. years. Yeah. It felt like he was on a trajectory to, um, I think everyone thought he was going to win 12, 13, 14 majors. And he's just been stuck. And I read a long piece by Shane Ryan today on Golf Digest, which I actually disagreed with a lot of it. Um and I feel like he's jumping ship at the wrong time because he's probably going to be the favorite at the Open Championship and he should set up well and play well there. Yeah. But yeah, it feels like when he gets it, it's going to be like relief for Rory. It's not going to be this joy and this excitement it, and it will get there, but mm-hmm. it definitely feels like that pressure of eight years is starting to build with him mm-hmm. and he just loses it for two to three holes during a tournament that ultimately end up costing it to him uh, pretty much every major for the last year. It's sad. I mean, he gets on the good side of a weather wave and then it doesn't take advantage or he has a good putter, but then his, his irons abandon him. So Rory just frightened demons. And maybe this is a little bit of the golf gods humbling the man. I don't know, but this is something that he could win. Could he win the travelers? I think he could come in here. He's a fresh off of the RBC Canadian championship win pretty much the you know all over the favorite list last week yeah. so and now we here he goes at the top of the betting board i mean this is your show so you can tell me if you want to get into that but rory at top of the board are you going there no um yeah. rbc week huge week for him mm-hmm. i think mentally exhausting not only winning mm-hmm. but how he won and how he was had the thoughts ready to go in the post round presser of like kind of sticking it to Norman. There was so much pressure and Jay's kind of leaving him hanging to me because he's really said nothing of consequence and he's leaving Rory to make the comments on his behalf as commissioner of the tour, which is adding pressure to him. And I think that he felt some of it last week now being paired in a tournament with a lot of these guys. Um, that it was like me versus them. And it's just three weeks in a row. He usually doesn't play like that. So, and he played, did he play the Memorial? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this is going to be a full month straight for Rory. Um, I don't love him this week, but I want to talk before we get to the board. Mm-hmm. Let's talk live for a second. So okay. Abraham answer went today. I think many indications from you know, I got some sources down here. Many indications yeah. from well, me. Well, your friends with Brooks, Brooks's dad or something. In the Brooks Kepka camp, are he's <laughs> gone. Um, he will be in Portland next week. I find that to be, I believe that to be true. Okay. Yet to be announced yet, and I think with Brooks, there's always like a sense with him of if the narrative gets so much that he's leaving. He's like going to want to zag and stay all of a sudden so that like he gets himself back in the good graces and the stories. And he wants to make it all about himself. We know oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but who's like the next guy? Like I've heard some, some, some crazy names out there. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Who's the next guy to go? Well, Hideki, I guess is apparently rumored. Mm-hmm. Um, Makes sense. This Dylan, you got, do you follow Dylan? Um, yes. Ether, whatever his last name is. He says that Jay Mo- Monahan is going to talk tomorrow. There's a player meeting for 7.30 a.m. on Tuesday. I think that's important news updates. 
you know, what things are afoot. What could happen? What's he going to say? He's probably going to add more to the suspensions or try to make people feel bad about it. I, I just. He's in a shitty know. spot. It's At tough. this point, I think he has to stick with the ban, although I'm starting to pivot and think that he shouldn't. And he should just say. He, he needs to he, like he needs to sit down with Greg Norman and say, look, we have to make this work for both of us. Mm-hmm. Let's come up with a United schedule and you can have 10 weeks a year and I'm going to have 36 and mm. let's make it work because oh, yeah. there, he's not stopping it and it's going to get worse. And he's got a real problem when the DP world tour says, okay, we're going to let these guys play when the major championships say, we're going to let these guys play. And he's going to take this firm and hard stance. That's not going to hold up in court either. I don't believe, or these players wouldn't have jumped. So he's, he's between a rock and a hard place. And I just think that instead of like holding the players hostage and forcing them into these like zoom call meetings where I'm going to address you, he needs to address everyone in the room because the media is spiraling with this thing. Golf Channel last week was outrageous. Um, the coverage mentioned it nonstop. Come out and address it. Stand up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, by the way, I think you're right on Hideki. Yeah. Um, I well, think because they're to- talking about another hot top 20 or top 15 player in the world, and he's 13th right now. Uh, okay. It looks like this the elites are not jumping. So you have the Schefflers, Rory's Roms. They've come out and said, no, Morikawa and JT. No, can't Has Morikawa said no? That's one that interests me. Who? Morikawa. Oh, I don't know if he said no, but he's at least. He hasn't because even early on, he was like, people were questioning it six months ago because Hmm. he really didn't um, give a stance with the PGA tour early on. No, he says he says like the Xander thing where, well, I'll yeah. play where the best players are playing. And if the best players are on the PGA Tour, I'll be on the PGA Tour. As long as the best players are playing on the PGA Tour, that's where I want to be. Yeah, which is just um, a cop out. But that's when they had no players. When they said that, there was no, there was there zero, zero players right. committed. Now, Patrick Cantlay has had injury issues. It was tr- he's a little Tiger-like where he has to pick his schedule. He has to get his body prepared for the tournament. So if Patrick Cantlay can play less and for more money, that's potentially someone that I could see jumping ship. I think he's past the point where he even cares about, I think he's older now. Like he's in his thirties. He doesn't really care maybe about trying to grow his business or his brand. And so maybe he'll just cash out. That's the top 10 player I could see going now. We are going past Victor Hovland, Sam Burns, and Fitzpatrick to get to the Speed Zalatoris range, and Xander's in that range. And I've heard that maybe he could he could be the one that will leave because, again, I, I'm in a position where is Xander Xander's 15th in the world right now. He ended 2021 at sixth. Is he on the end of the peak of his career, or can he start back up on that climb and reach number one again? I'm sure he can. Yes, but, he's definitely got another run in him. Yeah, he's so then enough. are we are we looking at that guy, that name? It I would feel like he's like- kind of made his his point now where I think he's going to stay at this point. He's talked mm-hmm. enough about it, mm-hmm. um, but it's – I don't know. It's still – it all feels what's coming out when you look at the top journalists and media guys in golf all feels very incentivized and hypocritical to me, frankly – 
um, their stances, which are very pro PGA tour and not really taking into consideration the situation of these players. I ran the poll um, last week and I wish How I dare you, How I dare you wish I wouldn't have done it because I haven't caught this much backlash on something in a long time. I got lit up in the DMS by a few people. Um, but this was the question. If a Saudi backed company offered you 10 X your current salary to work less and work remotely, are you taking the money? So the loudest voices in terms of what I heard in the comments were not the majority. The right. people that said that that is crazy and that it, I, I have no morals and there's no ethics and they would never do it. Uh, out of 1,500 votes, 17% said that they would not take the money. 83% of people out of 1,500 said absolutely. But they're not like talking about it. You know what I mean? So it's it bothers me that people are so quick to mm -hmm. shame these players, especially in the media. Um, and their opinions are coming from a point where there is incentive for them to shame and incentive for them to back the PGA tour. So if you're a journalist covering the PGA tour for a living, you want it, you, you have to back them, right? Yeah. Like you like, we're nothing. We can yeah. have like an unbiased opinion. We're not being paid by the PGA tour. We're not covering the PGA tour. We're covering golf for nickels. Right. No. And then, yeah, we're not there's no incentive to give a shit if the PGA Tour goes away for us. We're just going to look at we'll just watch another tour. I mean, that's the truth because yeah. we're, we're into it for the players. Care about I wouldn't four say events a year. Having a PGA logo doesn't mean shit to me. If you're wearing live, I guess I don't want you to wear live. Like personally, I understand why you would rather have them not do that. But from a perspective of a player, an individual, someone who is injury prone, someone who does have kids, see, I could see Tony leaving. Why isn't Tony Fina taking the money and running? He's older. You got that generation of golfers that, that's been able to take advantage of Tiger, but they didn't have to play against Tiger's offsprings like the JTs of the world. So they have that little middle where the roses and stuff, and I can totally see those names leaving and that all of that kind of group of guys taking money yeah. and leaving. Do, but if you're like a Sam Burns or uh, it just doesn't feel like the right time for you to take the money and run when you are truly building a brand and you could be the face of the PGA Tour. And I don't know if Liv's got the five, 10 year ability in it where I know the PGA Tour is going to be around when my kids are watching golf. Like this is obvious to me. That's why I think. But it's definitely not going to look the way that it looks now. It's definitely not going to be the same schedule that it is now. My kids aren't going to care. My kids actually might want a team to root for that has golfers on it. And, and they may make less individual tournaments and that are yeah. four rounds and that are intense and that are all about yourself. And they're going to make more fun, enjoyable, easier to digest from the viewing standpoint on a Thursday afternoon because this is something that we talked about is consuming golf is a timely manner. It also requires a ton to display the golf. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors involved here, but we are definitely living in a moment where the things are being shaken up and it's great for everyone. I think regardless of where the money's coming from, or, or if you, if you're morally objecting of the, for where this money's coming from, that's not the, what's going to change is they're going to show more golf shots. They're going to treat us better. The millennial viewer, they're not going to, Maybe they're going to still have that same business plan that goes after my dad and sells Buicks and those. That's cars not that their plan, never... though. I don't that's, think it is. That's go. It has to go away. It has to change. And so lives lives chances are, hey, 
we're going to, I mean, we, we've Joe, we've complained about this on Twitter for so many years now that it's almost a joke. And like, you were talking about the coverage before we went hot and it's like, Oh my God, the coverage was so goddamn awful that it's almost so obvious now, even to my father that he's going to be like, Oh yeah, well, this is how we've always done it. But should we do it this way? Like my dad even is coming around to it. Absolutely. The worst job covering a major that I think I've ever seen this past <laughs> week. It took them and I tweeted it eight minutes into the broadcast <laughs> before they showed a shot. So I mean, how many times do we have to hear monologues about Francis? We met and the drinks that the bartender is making and this stupid shit when Hideki's out there, we can't see a shot and he's making a run. We saw nothing of Rory and John Rom. They were basically exiled from the coverage and they were in the second to last mm-hmm. and the third to last group. We saw nothing. Uh, we didn't get to see much. We saw maybe three shots from Colin Morikawa, who had the mm-hmm. round of the day. Um, it was all around terrible. Obviously, Paul Azinger is the worst thing that's ever happened to golf. So that was bad as well. Um, I do think that Liv, though, you kind of nailed it when you were like, are, what are our kids going to watch live? If they continue, they might, because the way that they're gearing their coverage, it's on YouTube. Yeah. If you look at their graphics package that they have, it's all catered. It's all to look like a video game. It's all to look like a Twitch stream. Mm-hmm. It's all to look like power bars. Yeah, so there's like, like highlighted green driving distance. Um, yeah. They have the team concept in, in this e-gaming you know, world of like 10 to 15 year olds that are part of a Fortnite team and all this stuff. Like they're bringing along these concepts, which are geared toward a very much younger crowd. And they're not showing us commercials. They're just showing you golf. And that's what so many people have wanted for years. And that's what they're giving us. Mm-hmm. The thing is they played one event so they can change things. If like the thing I think that's hurting them is the three day event. Like get rid of that. Like you've got to go to four days. Oh yeah. I no one wants to watch a three day event. It feels incomplete. Okay. Go to four days, but they can scrap any of this stuff. Uh, like by actually a buddy of mine, Mark says like the decision is a no brainer. The only reason it sucks is because it fractures the golf experience we know and love. And it does because it's a change and people don't like change, but I think that it's been coming for a long time. And the PGA tour had so many opportunities to adjust and change up the coverage a little bit, show more golf shots. Stop giving us a half an hour, but stop making me go from USA to Peacock to NBC to Peacock to ESPN plus to PGA tour live to all this different shit. And just Mm -hmm. give us golf for the people that want to watch it. And the people that want to watch it are gambling on it. Right. Um, So they needed like, we've talked about this though. This is like, the same conversation we keep having over and over and nobody makes any changes. And so it really, the, the truth is, is that the concept that Greg Norman has is a better concept than the one that the PGA tour has. Like that's a fact for players. If they need to have tiger buy a team or have owners of specific teams, whether it's a company who owns a team or it's an individual who owns a team so that the players there's a salary cap. They can trade. They can do yeah. certain things. There's free agency. That whole concept is much more interesting to my son than the way that it's going right now, that these yeah. selfish asshole golfers can do whatever they want. They can withdraw five seconds before their tee time and nobody can not give a shit about anybody. We've talked about how they're selfish assholes a lot. 
So they're proving they're selfish assholes by going and taking the money. That is not news or anything that we should be surprised about. The mm -hmm. truth is, is that the way the PGA Tour operates needs to change. It needs to go to a – if they do the team concept during the fall swing, I, I think that could work. If they decided to do the top 48 in a team setting in a fall event, you know, through November and December when it's the off season. But ultimately, it may end up needing to be changed because we're he we're heading into that stretch where there are some waste of time events. And it's only because John Deere is forking over a shitload of money that we're playing that tournament most of the golfers don't want to go play in Detroit in hot July. I, I like watching it. I like watching the three M open, but is it, on it, but it does my dad even give a shit. Does my dad know who's in the field? Is he studying it on Monday night at eight o'clock? No. So let's cater to the people that want it <clears throat> or let's change it up and not pretend like this is the, this is a good way of doing it. Yeah. All know. right. Enough Sorry. live. We could go on forever and ever. Let's, Talk. <laughs> travelers this guy well you know have you ever seen that south park team america no <laughs> oh it's funny actually. i haven't seen that one but the betting board all Ooh. right rory at the top Which, who's the, who's the sponsor of the betting board joe oh yeah fantasy golf pod Thanks, <laughs> Chad. Like... uh great point there the fantasy golf pod they are just killing it what no, do you got no, going no. on over there oh well we we don't know what happened to cecil um, if you've you been mean? following Twitter, we used we as soon as we put Cecil on the Thursday night program, the guy disappears. He went into witness protective program, and we can't we can't find him. But it's still Eric and I, Quagnus, my friend from high school, doing stuff on Thursdays now, just talking golf. And we've added Josh into it because Josh is good at swinging and knows like math and stuff, so he can do models and helps us kind of do more of that stuff and then we'll bring in our guy darbo who is also good at golf and can do math and then that makes us it evens it out so martins and i are bad at golf bad at math and we got good golfers with good at math and then we try to predict and but we don't really even try to predict anymore we just have fun on thursday fran's laughing because this is a live ad read yeah, great job um, thanks like people can't wait to check <laughs> yeah really um <laughs> well, i right. don't know that well it's on youtube it's somewhere sometimes on itunes whatever else find us rory scotty yeah. jt no can't lay none of these names really appeal to me they did Joe, we hit, they don't did really we appeal to me at the, travelers. at the travelers we were on dj together did we not yeah yeah community bet buddy cheers to that one a couple years ago the faded uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if i want anyone at the top of the board i thought about jordan for a second and then the number dropped about 20 on my book that i can use and so at 20 i'm not that keen on it Xander, though, it could it, he may show up and care about this. So there's per, there's certain people that I'm a little worried, like if they actually are in the position to care about this letdown week. Do you care about do you think about those things? Yeah, a little bit. It's it's strange how they got this many names and it's strange how Canada got this many names. Mm -hmm. And it almost feels like there's a push um, from the PGA Tour. Like, listen, we've got to make our secondary events better yep so if you're a big name there's now a responsibility that you play the travelers there's a responsibility that you're going to play your fair share of john deere classics and honda classics um and shriners and c jacobs and all this other stuff because um that's what we've seen like we haven't seen a field this good at the travelers in a while we haven't seen a field that good at canada in forever and maybe this is them making a positive change and stop giving us um 
you know, Rory and the Corn Fairy grads. No, uh, that's true. Because I, Joe, I talk shit about the three, uh, the 3M or the whatever Detroit Open is. But if they put freaking amazing fields there, we would we would laugh it off. We wouldn't even care where they're playing. It's you know. So this is kind of the same way. Because when we had DJ at twenty eight, it was like DJ and a bunch of kind of bad players. And if you scroll to the 28s, my God, I mean, the talent here is ridiculous. So I don't even know. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't know who to do, who to choose. Who do you choose? They're all good. Yeah. Um, I haven't done anything at the top. I may not. It's Monday. It's still sort of letting the stomach settle of what we took in from a late night U S open. So um, I may, here's a couple of guys though, like down in this range. So, Joaquin Neiman, Sung JM. They're 35 to 1. They were basically like 35 to 1 at the US Open, right? right? In a 156 man field in a harder course. I kind of like both of them. I mean, mm-hmm. Sung was everyone was in love with him. A lot of people loved Joaquin Neiman last week. Um, Keegan Bradley played really well, also. They were somewhat disappointing. I can see myself potentially getting behind them. I mean, Brooks is 48 to one. Holy fuck. What do we do, Chad? Like, do we have to bet that? Well, he'll withdraw. So it'll save us. Okay. I think because he's going well, to Portland's lose. not till next week. So this could be his final stand. I could. Uh, and he does play well here, I think, overall. Yeah, he did well good. last year. I-, I wanted to ask you, Joe, about the general betting week. Where where do when when do you pull the trigger on things? Because I woke up this morning and I looked at stuff and I was like, meh. And then I go back an hour or two later and I'm like, fucking hey, everything changed. Do you typically bet the top of the board early and then the back of the board late? Because I think that's other way around, I think. Yeah, see, I'm I'm afraid I don't know anymore. Other way around for me, I'll usually go from like 50 and up early. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's a guy at like 35 that all of a sudden I hear everyone or you mm. see the post go off that everyone's on him, I may take it. But the top of the odds board, typically, you're not going to see that much drift. And it's not going to sting too bad if you go from 14 to 1 to 13 to 1. Okay. It stings when you lose a 70 to 1 and it gets to 45. Yep. That, okay. that hurts more. So those are the ones that usually get the biggest shift to me which is why I usually make those first. So it's kind of like ownership and DraftKings where you kind of have the sentiment and you're like, ah, fuck, everyone likes this guy and I like him too. I better go after him. Whereas if you say nobody likes this guy, he's an idiot and I'm an idiot for liking him. Maybe he'll drift. And it's kind of a popularity contest too. Yeah, totally. This happened to me because I fire, I, cause I typically go in, do you do this and just fire like a dollar on someone and just kind of like, Plant a flag just to see a number and just kind of feel it and know it that you've 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 locked that you know or like whatever you kind of put a small little maybe even a one poker chip down and then you come back later and you realize oh that was a good poker chip or ooh I could add more to that because it went down. Yeah, I don't think that's a I don't think it's a bad idea. I usually don't do it, but I can see that and then coming back to it just because you just don't want to lose the good one. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm more afraid that I'm going to, if I like it and I feel like it's going to go, I'd rather just get in on it. Okay. I personally have been betting less names this year than I had in the past. You know, I've been bullied a little bit on Twitter about picking 10 names per week. I think though, that's more fun to be honest and you don't have to bet a ton of money on each name. Yeah. And I, I feel like I would rather 
not choose four when the fifth, sixth, and seventh guy in my head end up winning a lot, or I, you know, I, I just take less winnings when one of your eight, you know, I don't know. Do you, do you feel like there's a, there's a balance and it depends on each week or how it many depends. Yeah. Um, you know how I kind of do it. So mm-hmm. I will stake my bets all to reach a certain number. So I had Rory at 10 to one in Canada. So then that was one your only biggest, bet, basically. Yeah, one of the biggest bets I've ever done. I only had a five-man card that yeah. week, and two guys were over 100 to 1, mm. which were small bets. But mm-hmm. Rory took up the majority of my staking for the week. Oh, and nicely done on that and the Warriors. Congratulations. I heard yes. you say that. Cha-ching. The Warriors were down 2 to 1 as well when I made that parlay <laughs> with Rory. So probably paid out like pretty 80, well. 86 to 1 ended up Whoa. final odds on that. Oh, my God. Um. Anyways, though, I do think like you have to stay with a strategy relatively long term and feel it out for a season. Like what I've figured mm. out now, and this is, I don't know, going on year nine or 10 betting golf and kind of tracking it. In my first couple of years, I really just did it for fun. And then I mm. realized uh, I started to create a system a little bit more. So I've realized now that my average card, no matter who hits, boils down to relatively between um, six to eight to one or like my final odds on the week. So if anybody in that week hits, I'm going to return. And it's a little bit different. Like if I hit um, Cam Davis is 125 to one, that's going to be a little bit better. But on average, that's about it. Um, And then so I have to hit a winner every six weeks for that to pay off. Every six weeks of the PGA Tour season means I need like seven to eight winners a year. Okay. So I have the quota, right? I'm at seven for the season right now, I believe. I might be at eight, actually. I got to go back and look at that after Rory. I might be at eight. So once you clear that mark, you know you're good for the okay. season. And then you can be a little bit more aggressive. So now I have basically here until the tour championship left. Mm-hmm. Anything on top of this is totally gravy at this point. So find it, figuring out a long-term strategy, like if you bet 10 guys a week, that's fine. You just got to hit more winners. Right. So instead right, right. of hitting seven winners a year – You've got to hit 12 winners a year, which right. is which is okay. You just yeah. have to hit them at a higher rate. It's probably going to look better on Twitter because you're going to have more yeah. winners overall and people right. are going to see that. But, but if you miss and you don't hit a winner six weeks in a row, you're you're you know, you're kind of starting to dig deep in there. But this mid-range yeah. is really where the juice is at. So you got Brooks there. Davis Riley's been playing awesome. Brian Harmon, um, as on a quick glance, is number one in strokes gained total over the last 36 rounds at TPC River Highlands. Also played pretty damn good at the U.S. Open, which has been a nice little trend. Yeah. Um, Seamus Power, dude. Did you see Kyle Porter's tweet today? Yeah, I did. So We're plus four. Like the aggregate scoring on the three majors, and it's like Will Zalatoris by a mile, and then it's like three other guys. If you combine like what they finished for over three majors, and then it's like Seamus Power is randomly up there. So yeah, he's been awesome. Crazy. 50 to one on Seamus. Tommy Fleetwood is 50. Mark Leishman is 55. Anything in there that you like? Well, Harmon was one of the guys that I laid a marker on a dollar on earlier to see kind of where it was at. I think I got it at 60 and then it it's now moved to like 45 on the same book or no now. Yeah, it's 45. So it's like, oh, shoot, I should have maybe put more money on the 60 when I had the chance. I just the, the numbers for Harmon. I looked him up. I use Fantasy National and they're I mean, he's trending great. He's does well on these kind of courses where you have to be a little bit of a plotter, but you can also try to go for birdies. Um, in my model I ran, I used ball striking because that's important. Sh- short game. So you either are a ball striker or you're a short game guy. 
And then according to our friends at Fantasy National, if you avoid three putts, that can help you here. And then par four scoring between 400 and 450. I usually don't put that in, but it was like so high up in the old Fantasy National. So I just added that in there and I ran the model and Harmon came in like 11th or 12th. Hmm. Well, Henley's out of the tournament, so he'd be in 11th, which is crazy. So, I mean, out of all the names, Birdie, Brian, Harmon, uh, I mean, he, the, and then I, so I was like, okay, should I tout Birdie, Brian, Harmon on this podcast with Joe tonight? No, I don't know if I should because the dude hasn't won for years. It's been a while. Yeah. I know. So I'm a little bit hesitant. That might be the DraftKings play or a top 10 bet because you can go the other way and try to use this information we know about Brian Harmon, but then also not be too unrealistic to think that Brian Harmon's going to win the Travelers in this field with the names that are above him. So I don't know, uh, but I like him. Here's a name that's below him that has also never won, but mm. is the best bet that you can make with your dollars this okay. week. You know who it is. Is it? Dig it. Yes. It's Dig it Lenny McCarthy. Um, he's ready. Of course I bet him already, too. Of course you did. Yes. Uh, he's 70 to 1. I took him. I don't like I could give the whole spiel on why I think he's awesome that I give every week. I'm not going to miss his win. It's no. coming. He just yeah. did it at the U.S. Open. He he was like got into the PGA Championship on like the last second after someone withdrew. He happened to be there, got in, um, played pretty well. He's made 18 of his last 19 cuts, and the majority of those are really good. Fifth at the Memorial, seventh at the U.S. Open. That's unfucking real. He's such a good putter that um, when he's ball striking it like this, you just have to play him. I think it's a good course fit. Denny's the place you should put your dollars this week. Dig in that dirt. The other one for me is same number, 70 to 1, was Keith Mitchell. Two of my easier bets, I think, this week. Keith, I couldn't believe he didn't get into the um, U.S. Open last week, but um, he's just been really solid all year. Seventh at the uh, Canadian Open, 18th at the Memorial. Gains a shitload off the tee every week. He's one of the best in terms of total driving on the PGA Tour. I believe he's third overall. Um, Playing awesome. Keith Mitchell, Denny McCarthy, both 70 to one. There's your winners. Well, can I take what over your screen for a second and show you this tweet? Yeah. Okay. This guy, Steve Rawlings, do you know him? Or yeah. Rawlins or whatever. This is a trend. Uh, and you know, I do the narratives, Joe, and I'm into these, <laughs> these noisy, weird stats, but it's the thing that right now, Steve, he's a punter. I mean, how many followers does this guy have? He's got 15,000 followers and he's tweeting that Shez won or no, he was third at the U S open. Then he won the Travelers in 2019. 2021, because we didn't have a 2020 Travelers, I don't think. Harris English was third at the U.S. Open, won the Travelers. Danny McCarthy, seventh at the U.S. Open. And this guy's already touting him. So an expert, Steve the Punter. I guess I don't even follow him. Uh, he is on Denny. Should the house bet be on Denny, or is that too is that ridiculous? Uh, I mean, it's risky to bet the house on him, but I love him. Uh, <laughs> maybe we should bet Scotty Scheffler then, because he was third at the U.S. Open. Um, oh, given that trend, but yeah, yeah uh, well, I don't like that ten to one number. Is not as much as the look. 60 everyone's going to bet Denny. I don't even care. I, like you know that I've been betting him for two years. Uh, yeah, I'm we've do seen it. this progression. Of his I hope game. that everyone hits it. He's playing awesome. Um, good course fit. Jesus. Okay. Let's go. Now, I do have a house bet potential that's in the 75-ish range, and that's Denny. No, not Denny. Another Mick. Maverick McNeely this time. 
Okay. You interested in Maverick McNeely to get a, his first win on tour here at the Travelers? I haven't even really thought of him. I don't think I've ever bet Mav McNeely. Okay. Um, I can't. I, I just can't have like a little soft spot in my heart. Yeah, you you've always liked him. Why? Oh, the talent is there. We know that the motivation is not for money for Denny or for D- Maverick McNeely. I keep calling him Denny. Maybe I should bet on both Maverick and Denny and do the Mick week because Mick, <laughs> McNeely's dad is a billionaire. So we know he's on tour only for the pride of playing golf, I think, or to prove, you know, that he's good at golf. Likes bent, likes Poa better than bent. So these are these surfaces that he's into. Granted, I guess I'm looking at his more recent form. He's making cuts. Well, he missed the shot, the schwa, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a chance that he could catch hot fire pretty decent on smaller greens. I don't know if you can, I don't even, I guess I don't know the square footage of these greens off the top of my head. What do we else do we like? We uh, just, he's a cute young guy. He kind of reminds me of Zalatoris because he's really skinny. So he's a ball striker a little bit. Um, More names in the 60 range though, besides Denny. And all right, who uh, else you got up there? Oh, what about Brendan Steele? Hmm. I yeah, know he's great You kind of know when to hit steel. Yeah, no, I, I, I've had a couple of close calls on steel, but I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Okay, well, because he's uh, 10th at the Memorial and a uh, 9th at the PGA Championship, and apparently his ball striking is good, his approach is good. Yeah. So the staff really are there good for here. Him? What's that? He's really good at this event. Let me see where I have him in terms of – uh, strokes gained here. He's fourth overall, second tee to green, second in ball striking uh, at TPC River Highlands specifically. Okay, well, great. Good news. Well, I got him at 66 to 1. Uh, uh, Keith Mitchell kind of showed up for me as someone that I don't remember where I read this or where I saw this. It was over the off season, and Keith was a little angry at the way that his game had kind of derailed after he won two years ago or I guess he wants to get back into focusing on his game. And so when I saw that, I kind of sort of looked at him a little bit closer. It's true. It's happening. So uh, whatever he's doing, Keith Mitchell, he's becoming a little bit more consistent at 75 to one. I think that's a decent number. Someone that could randomly show up. It's super hard to predict golf. We know this, right, Joe? Yeah. So we're just guessing at these guys. names. <laughs> Any bombs you like? Five to one. My God, it's not even a favorite. Like we could talk about the betting board at the top. I mean, that would be fine. We could talk about how good Scheffler is. Is that a waste of your time? Probably. You ready? Who are the bombs you like? Uh, well, Cameron Tringali. Oh, jeez. No, I know. I was off the train. Actually, I decided not to be a Tringali truther for a minute. I was. uh, I I was just sad. I thought that. The injury he had earlier in the season just derailed all of his motivation or his uh, momentum, and we're just uh, we're done. That we can't do Cameron Tringali. The ship has sailed because sometimes the people are who they are, and we're like, shit, this is who he is. However, I think seeing him last week at the U.S. Open pop a, a little bit, I, I it makes me believe the injuries aren't there. So at a hundred or a hundred ten or whatever to one, that's insane, and that's fun because if he can hit. At 100 to 1, I may make my money back bet on how much I've bet on him over the course of the year. <laughs> You've been so, doing any prize picks? I don't really do prize picks. Do you do prize picks? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, I think it's awesome. We got a, There's a promo code PL100, $100 deposit match. Use it if you want. If you don't, I don't really care. I think you should be on there. They're offering, like I tweeted out Saturday, like the prize picks plays. 
um, went like six for seven. There, there's a lot of them that are like easy. And I think they're just like, you think they're sucker bets, but hmm. they're hitting at a rate in which they're not sucker bets. Like they're offering one of the things that they're offering is so what prize picks is, is it's basically parlay. So you pick two guys, you put yeah. them together, a hundred bucks gets you 300 back. I guess um, I have money in my account, Joe. Should we look at it? Yeah. So there's birdies or better. Do they have those matchups up yet? I believe so. It doesn't look very interesting. There's only four so far for strokes. And no, this only... isn't. Yeah, they'll have a lot more. It's too early. Okay. But so last we should check week back. they had last week they had um, birdie matchups, right? So who's going to make more Ooh. birdies? And they basically put a top player against like nobody. So it was a birdie matchup, even odds. There oh. was Scheffler versus or, or Scheffler versus Bo Hostler. Who's going to have more birdies? Oh. It was Jordan Spieth versus um richard bland it was matt fitzpatrick versus mj defoe it was like a really good player who's in contention versus one of the nobodies who's in contention like travis vick or yeah i swear they do this they give you free squares on these kinds of apps because they know exactly know you don't want to go to price picks and you're just using DraftKings and you're like oh i don't know just like me i rolled my eyes i'm like i don't even play price picks i go on price picks i got 70 dollars in there yeah so i've Yes, you you do have to find these free squares on these websites like that. I so agree. it's that bet, and then the other one is is total strokes. I think is the easiest one, and you can really what what I do is you just kind of see how the course is playing, and they really don't adjust mm-hmm. the lines enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, I knew Saturday of the U.S. Open is always the day, right? Saturday is the day that they like Carnage. crank up the volume to the max. And then they taper it back on Sunday because they want Saturday. They want it's like it's the USGA. It's like a consistent record that we've all heard a million times. They want to beat your ass on Saturday. And then they want like Sunday, some fireworks. They want to give you some birdie ops. So they just didn't set the lines high enough. So everyone like like Morikawa was at like like over under even par. Like you just Mm -hmm. took the over on everybody because they were like even and everyone shot like three, four over. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of good opportunities there. PL 100. If you have not tried it out yet, it's really clean, slick little app. They've got the web base, but the app on your phone is pretty easy to use. We'll get you a hundred dollar deposit match and will help us out a little bit as well. Give me one before we get out of here, Chad, I'm going to save my long shots for tomorrow. Um, give me your favorite guy from a hundred to one and above that is not named Cameron Tringali. Okay, a real pick. Um, uh, Kevin Streelman, actually. Yes, I like that. Horse. And I was surprised to see his number was 140 to 1 on the website I used to bet. But Streelman usually plays this course well, has decent form. I've seen his name a few different ways up on leaderboards. But I know he always kind of shows up for this. And 140 to 1, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in contention and it allowed me to hedge that at one point on Sunday. The name, yes, though, that- overall in strokes gained at this course but the recent form is is he's missed four out of the last six oh, cuts okay so, so it's it's a little shaky you um another bad recent form guy potentially but at 200 to one our guy how matt wolf are we going to Matty wolf on a tight nope. fairway course no no um He's off again. I'm just not going to bet him. It's like I'm not going to bet Brooks. Like I got, I, I need, I just have to restrain myself a little bit. Yeah. And these, they're not playing well enough to win a golf tournament. 
and you and I are the type of people that we're not we're not betting on golf to be gamblers. We're supplementing us watching golf. We already watch golf. So the betting is just to make it more fun. So if if we don't bet on Wolf and he ends up in contention, it's going to be the greatest event for us because we don't care. We like Wolf, just like Brooks. We don't yeah. bet. On, it doesn't matter if he's in contention. We're a fan of Brooks. We'll watch it. Um, two guys. I don't. I haven't taken them yet. I have taken two long shots. I, like I said, I'll save them for tomorrow. But I'm interested in Svensson just because I, I do have interest in him. And then Nick Hardy. I'm not oh. sure if maybe he withdrew, but just won a Corn Ferry Tour event and was really impressed with him. Honestly, um, he was freaking good last week and yeah. at a U.S. Open, which I didn't expect him. Uh, I didn't have really much expectations out of him. So he's up there at 180 to one. Just a couple of names. Chad, we're at 48 minutes. This is about time we wrap up the show. Thanks for coming on, dude. Joe, it's a pleasure to be back here and hanging out with you Thanks. again. I miss you. Um, we broke up months ago but not because we don't like each other ultimately because I have a real job and I don't have a lot of time anymore and uh, had a third child had to move, but now into my house, my, all my children are asleep upstairs. So things are good over here. So maybe anytime these, you need me back these on studios, man, look how far we've come. We, we were, if you go back on the YouTube page, if you sort by videos to oldest, um, Chad, no, the, the is trees in... In my, I was in my garage with these trees, Joe. You're in your garage. I was in my garage yes. um, and we were uh, having a mess of a podcast. So now yeah. I believe this is episode 102 or 103. <laughs> uh, milestones have been crossed. I'm going to keep it going, dude. You know that you're welcome yes. back on anytime. Yes. Thanks. And and uh, I love your show. I love the the things you're doing with it and where you're taking it. I listen to it every week. So I'm a fan of you and I'm always going to be a fan of yours. So keep doing your thing on preferred lines and I'll be here anytime you need me. Thanks dude. Guys, appreciate you checking out the show. Give it a like or a subscribe on the way out from Chad Eckert. I'm Joe Idoni. Cheers. Have a great week. Enjoy the travelers. Peace. Peace.